0: Welcome to the International Career Couples Podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. I work with expat couples who want to align and grow both their careers. In this podcast, we aim to explore how expat couples can work as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the International Career Couples Podcast. Today's guests, Christian and Verena, are from Austria and are currently living and working in Montreal. It's their second time being an international career couple in Canada. Both times they made the move because of a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Christian to represent Austria, and the Abbis group at ICAO, that's the International Civil Aviation Organization, a UN-specialised agency for aviation. Verena's and Christian's professional background are in the field of air and space. And they've worked in Paris and Brussels and Vienna and Voralberg. They've not always been in the same place at the same time. They had a commuting flex pack life for eight years before they decided to make Montreal their joint home once again. In this episode, you're going to hear about how your dual careers can take you to different and unexpected places. That really, it's important to have a plan to communicate very early. To have a plan for what's going to happen after the assignment, because repatriation can be hard, and to be in constant contact with your organisation and be prepared to serve yourself and to advocate for yourselves. We also consider that individuals, organisations, and labour markets can benefit from this topic of dual careers, and that when it becomes better managed and sustainable HR policies are implemented, everybody sets to gain more. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much to Verena and Christian for joining me on the podcast today. It's really great that you took the time out this morning to come and speak about this topic. Uh, I've done a little bit of an introduction just before you joined, but I'm wondering if you'd like in your own words to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about where you are now and the reason that you're there.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Kate. Thanks again for the invite. And I'm very happy to talk to you today about uh, a very core topic, which is close to my heart uh, the dual careers. My name is Verena, Verena Heingartner. And um, currently, we're in Montreal. Uh, originally, I'm from Austria. And we've been already, it's the second time around in Montreal. In between, I've been in Brussels and uh, also. Briefly back home in my province, Vorarlberg, so which is also in Austria. Yeah. And it's my husband's job, which brought us to Montreal for a second time. Okay. Again, yes. Again, of yes. <laughs>
2: Good morning, Kate. Uh, Good morning. Christian Schleifer. I'm uh, working in aviation, and I'm accidentally uh, uh, a diplomat in a United Nations organization here in Montreal. So this is a specialized United Nations organization called ICAO, International Civil Aviation Organization, where we do a global framework for safety, efficiency, environment, and all the topics in aviation. So you come here with your expertise, but you are still on a diplomatic post. So we are not career diplomats, but we are coming from aviation. So that's a little bit the frame uh, why we are here. As Verena said, it's not the first time uh, we are here. Uh, 2009 until 2013, we've been appointed already once, but in the technical side. So once I was uh, was here in my uh, personal capacity as a as an engineer. My background is engineer and pilot. I have a pilot license still and flying. Uh, and now uh, I'm here. On, on the governing board, so I'm more on the political level of this organization. In it's, uh, we are in a rotation group. So why are we not permanently? We are in a rotation group. Austria alone is not big enough uh, to have a permanent seat in this organization. So we are rotating in a in a in a group called the ABIS group. Austria, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Ireland, Switzerland, Portugal, and Croatia. Eight countries. So our term comes up every 18 to 24 years. This post I'm holding here is the second time for Austria. The post I had before was the first time for Austria. So that's the reason uh, you you don't see us here. And, And that's also the reason why we don't have a lot of expertise, how we relocate people to such a post, because it's only happening so rare. And in 25 years, you can imagine a lot is happening in between. Mm, What happened in between? I I was uh, Secretary General of also an international organization, but based in Paris. So I was working eight years in Paris, uh, but I was not living in Paris. I was more or less working in Paris and commuting nearly every week back to Austria, Brussels, wherever Verena was. We joined uh, mainly for, for the weekend. So that's a little bit to my background. I started already long. Sorry for that.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's it's really interesting to hear the background. Uh, this is what I love about um, sort of expat journeys is that they're all so different and so varied how somebody ends up where they are. And I can hear just from what you've described there that you've actually done expatriation in a few different ways. And you, you've you've sort of lived apart while you've been working in different countries. You've moved together as well. Would you be able to... Sort of describe a little bit about how it's worked from a co- career perspective for both of you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think as Christian highlighted now, uh, he he was the one who got the post. And the first time around, I also have my background is in aviation. Uh, right now, I kind of switched to space, but it's pretty much the same domain. And we both came from the same, uh, back then it was the Civil Aviation Authority, And it was just clear for me when he he got the post the first time around that I will accompany him. And we were slightly naive in taking up the post, but very excited. We just knew it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it was just out of discussion that we're not going to take it. And so it was a joint decision, but it was very much on short notice and uh, we didn't really prepare but i thought okay my, i have a legal background so i'll figure that out it's no problem i just need to get some sources and information and we'll go there and we, we did get a kind of support that uh, i got a leave for a year and for the time while we are abroad and i decided to use it and to do my my phd and uh, yeah, but once we hit ground in Montreal, things didn't work out as planned. I think that's a normal thing. But long story short, um, I just came to realize being here, I'm not the only one in in this situation as an accompanying partner, wanting to keep my uh, career going on. And uh, I met a couple of other like minded spouses, and we we founded a group, a network to support each other in to still kind of. Use the, use the time while being abroad and, and get the information and connect and collaborate with local institution because there were a lot of things coming in I didn't consider first time around. It was the work permit. It was the accreditation of my qualification. It mm-hmm. was the access to the local labor market then also with a diplomatic background. So kind of tricky issues and I got mixed messages. And uh, at first you're a little bit... Um, you start to resent the time because you lose a lot of time working or dealing with wrong information. But on the other hand, it really got me into this whole dual career topic. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were way more prepared then for next time around when we knew we had to go back. I mean, also what came in was that Christian got an extension due to, um, he became president of the commission he was working in. So we got extended, which was also not planned. Um, But once we came back...
2: Not usual at all for this. Yeah, (laughs) We were the first one extended ever since the existence of this. Yeah, it was a bit tricky.
1: But um, the the lessons learned, we tried to apply them for the next jobs. And that's why I... That's one thing I might regret. I didn't follow right away to Paris. When we got back home, it was not easy, but that's a whole other issue, the repatriation um, issue. And Christian moved on to Paris, and I said, no, based on my experience in Montreal, I can't stay away another four or five years from the job market. I want to first get back on track in Austria, and once I find something which is really which sounds good or is a fit, I will follow to Paris. But in the end, it was eight years in Paris, and uh, I stayed in Vienna, Austria, and then got a little closer to Brussels, because at one point I figured we have to get together again. And luckily, my head of department and, and head of section, they were very supportive, and they said, okay, let's don't quit without any backup plan. Uh, And there was an opportunity coming up in Brussels. They said, that's just perfect. You're way closer to Paris, so try that first. And so it was one step getting closer. And then when Montreal came up, we both were really clear because we we knew we want to be in one place together again. Mm -hmm. If it's Vienna, Brussels, Montreal, whatever works. And Montreal came up, so Mm. now we're here. Yeah.
2: It was the advantage of COVID. Uh, we were mm-hmm. back home, uh, locked in uh, in the lockdown. It was the only opportunity when we were together back home in our headquarters, we call it in Vienna. Mm-hmm. We still have, have our house there. So mm-hmm. it's uh, so, and then we, we realized it's actually not too bad uh, to live together. So th- the long term plan was anyway to go back home. But now we are ended up in our second home, which is Montreal.
0: So yeah. Right, Okay. I have got so many questions. I don't know where to start. I mean, if we sort of take it back to the first time round, you said that there was a naivety there and that things didn't quite pan out the way you thought they would, Verena, um, for, for your side of things. But you it sounds like you found a workaround. You formed a group, you started working on it, um, working the problem. And Christian, it was different for you in that you, you got the first extension ever on yeah. an expat assignment so things happen differently and then you lived apart for a number of years covid brought you back together and then you've come again so with this sort of gained knowledge what's been different this time so without that naivety of the first time expatriation what did you learn
2: yeah if you go the first time uh... Abroad, you have to learn how to get an apartment, how you open a bank account, how you get uh, health insurance, how you get, uh, you know, settled in in, in a city. You're not a visitor, you're permanently here. You need need to buy a car, you need to register a car, you need to get your driver's license. Now we do it a second time. So everything was an adventure the first time. It worked out, so there was a bit of support here in the office because there is a local office in, in, in Montreal here with uh, with one or two admin uh, uh, assistants here. They have a bit of a background because everybody goes through the same uh, uh, process, but mainly what's, what's specific with Austria we had to do. So that worked out the first time, but it was a bit more challenging.
1: Basics, I think uh, the, the excitement of the first time expatriation were kind of these basics to settle up re- really new and it keeps you busy, especially as the accompanying partner. So you kind of, have work to do because he's already taking up his job. I mean, he's arriving, he's got his post and everything. And and in the meantime, you know, my best friend was our agent to look for an apartment. He was Mm -hmm. the one to introduce me to the city and he was way more, he was really kind of a really social uh, support also system. Um, But we definitely learned second time around those things were easy. We knew that and we could really focus on the career topic because that was the one thing that that hit after this famous honeymoon period and I mean, i really had this you have this high and everything's nice and all of a sudden things, things
2: winter comes in montreal and then it's long, it's long and <laughs> like, dark and cold uh, and uh, you're sitting at home and yeah. uh, there are some limits to that and then you realize you are abroad on your own and that was that was the wake up but right. honestly just to complement what Verena said that's that's indeed something if you go as a couple and the other couple has also this diplomatic status or the same status. So the other one can actually take care of all these administrative setup. Because if you do that as an individual person, you can't do job and everything uh, at the same time. So mm-hmm. that's a big help. And I would say Paris. yes. And in, in Paris, I had to do everything on my own, and I saw that was uh, that was a bit more more difficult.
0: No, that's a hard one in Paris as yeah. well, particularly, I think, isn't it?
2: But what I wanted to say it it's a real team effort at the end. Uh, and we just saw that yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a colleague of mine quit his job reason was his family, his partner, uh, wasn't able to join, and that came to an end. So he had to quit his post here, his his assignment here, and he will be replaced. So very difficult. The one message for me is really be sure what your family and your partner, whoever comes along with you, is ready to do that. And and not only concentrate on the honeymoon side – as I said, everything was an adventure when you went through. You got your car, you got your license, everything worked out. You have a nice apartment. It all it lo- works a little bit different home, at home. I mean, for example, you know, that uh, the best example was at the beginning. Everybody wanted, you can have this apartment, but you have to give me a check for the first three uh, uh, monthly rents. For that, you need a bank account. For mm-hmm. a bank account, you need an address. So you go in a circle, you know, you have to find out okay. how to trick how to trick out the system. Nobody yeah. thinks they are working with a check. You know, the last check, I saw my father filling in a check. That was the first, uh, and, and I'm pretty old, you know. So, yeah. so that was nearly 40 years ago. So I had no clue what a check is. <laughs> so yeah. I had to learn that. But yeah. the thing, like I think, like you said, team effort. I mean, we're, we're
1: in aviation, so I'd like to compare it with, you you prep and prepare for a flight so you really have to be sure that everybody's on on the same page got the same briefing you know you have to be ready and and the more you can prepare ahead the less you're going to be surprised while en route because yeah. there's always something coming up and uh that was the one thing i i regret that this first time that you no know, we were so adventurous that we didn't prepare what we normally do and, and, but and,
2: it was also yeah. quick. I mean, it we had to make stressing. the decision very quickly. It was We were not plan A of the organization. We were plan B. Plan A fell out in, in, in Austria, and we jumped in as a plan B, and the decision was done very quickly. Yeah. And the reason why I was ready for that, in the very early days, in the 80s when I was a, a young engineer, I had some courses done in the U.S., and they offered me a green card to work there. And I said, no, I can't do that, you know. I have my parents home, I have a cat at home, I have a girlfriend at home. I can't do that. I regretted it the rest of my life. That I didn't even try it, you know. And then this uh the second opportunity came up and said, You want to go to Canada and it was even, you know, a very luxurious uh, position in this diplomatic world, so I immediately jumped on it from my side. But Verena was also open to that. So so that was the perfect uh the perfect move for us.
0: Mm. Had you considered working abroad as a couple before that? Before that kind of quick offer came?
1: No, not at all. It, it never came up.
0: No, yeah, aviation
2: is 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 a is an international business, so so you have some kind of connections permanently to the outside, uh, to to somewhere else, to other you... regions in the world. But to consider to go there, you know. It must fit, and that was, a, that was a good fit where we could see ourselves uh, developing and growing into and, and take benefit of it. So it was not in our plan, but I think it uh, for us it worked out uh, well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we think about this from an international career couple perspective, you went as an international career couple, but Verena, I'm reading into it that actually that didn't work out how you would have wanted it to that first time round would you like to say a little bit about what the impact of that was uh
1: the impact was definitely that at one point uh, you start to resent the decision and uh you really kind of question was it really a good choice i mean you don't want to be in the way of the career of your partner because i just knew that's that's an opportunity will never come again and i saw how he's striving and he loved it and uh we we managed them because luckily there was this group of really very um, yeah they they became close friends and other spouses and uh, we we together it was really a self help group I like uh-huh. to call it uh, when you realize you know you're not the only one here suffering with this situation and then you start to I tried to turn the resentment into action mode. I said, okay, then let's do something about it. Let's address it because I saw that he appreciated Christian very much the support of me, not even background. I think we both were really a a dual item around here and we managed to to shake up a couple of things. And that that really, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, Mm -hmm. but it took some time to get that reframe and it wouldn't have been possible without this other network of the the other ones around here but we really we've been in contact we managed in the end to really um, have this group and work with the canadian delegation with with the local authorities with the business center here there there were things they set things up and we, we turned that coin and made them aware there's a huge pool of international talent ready, readily available, but it's just untapped. And we mm-hmm. tried to to give it a, you know, don't don't blame trying to explain the situation. Also, times have changed. It is a very luxurious position, being a diplomatic spouse and having this, this setup and everything, it's exciting. But when you're used to have your work, your job, I felt like I I entered that plane in in Austria. We arrived in Montreal, and somewhere over the Atlantic, I lost my identity. So I got out, and I became the Miss Christian Schleifer. Uh, And I said, can I at least keep my name? We're not even married. Uh, And, and, you know, I want to keep my name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's a couple of things that affect you. But like I said, if you have a, a tribe... And if you have a support, and, and for us, we, we got even closer, I us say, in, in the relationship. Because mm-hmm. you, you make it work, you have to address it, but sometimes you, you lack the words or because you lack the experience, you kind of don't know what you got yourself into it. And also have to admit, being a, or having a legal background, uh, there was a lot of pride that I didn't figure it out. That mm-hmm. I was kind of not meant you know when it came to work permit or what what's now really the framework which works for me, but yeah, setting those things aside, it worked out, and honestly, uh, now it served very well for the following posts and jobs because that was something we right away addressed, so mm-hmm. in the organization and now really, I have to admit second time around, they knew where an no, they only get the two of us in one package. So if it works, it has to work for both of us. And um, the writer said, yes, sure, you keep your job. We find a solution. And uh, that's why another Christian here writer said that's a condition for him to take the posting. If they make sure that I can keep my job because we're not yeah. going to do what happened the first time around. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So there was something about getting the organization on board with that need. Yes, and communicating to them. What What do you think it is about you as a couple that's been able to pivot through all of those things?
2: I think sure there were up and downs. As uh, As uh, As we mentioned before at the beginning, it was very nice because you're exploring a new city, you're exploring something. Uh, you know, you you're getting an apartment, you never, you know, it's, uh, we lived in a high rise building, uh, with some amenities, uh, uh included, uh, with, a with a pool, inside pool, outside pool, everything out. We yeah, didn't know that something like that oh. exists. So, so it was really exciting. And as I said, when it, when it takes longer, when, uh, when it starts, you know, in this diplomatic world that the spouses are then invited for spouse coffees and, pff, uh, if this is really once a month uh, the only opportunity, and that changed then. And and, and let me me tell you that in different words. Verena started this and and, and led the other spouses into this more open dialogue with all the affected organizations around us, with the organization we are working, with the host country, with the industries, with other industry uh, international organizations based here, also taking their spouses, and that had this this unique effect that, that there was a movement. There was a everybody was 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 trying to improve things, and that increased also the performance on my work because my team and I in in this air navigation commission, which is, was called, had such an, an, an a motivation. In, in, in getting things done, and uh, and the spouses helped here a lot, and we saw that this uh, if you address this point, it's a win-win situation, and mm-hmm. and as Verena said, there are a lot of potentials. Verena is an aviation lawyer, so f- sure for me in in this post, it was always good to get automatically a second opinion at home. It's uh, that's uh, I mean this is very luxurious, so. Yes, dual career couple on one side, if, if you have an expertise, you can even use. Secondly, covering the other side, because there are some social things you have to do that even went so far that the spouses of my colleagues actually called Verena and said, "Hmm, listen, Christian, you know, he even sends us uh, or sends my husband or my wife uh, uh, emails on the weekend. And, you know, we are really with the children. So we had to find out just to make sure that not that there is also some some kind of work ethics uh, we are implementing, and that improved on, on on all areas because it was so open and so transparent how we worked with. So mm. that was really something something uh, unique uh, happening here. Coming back after nine years, or ne- really ten years, COVID was in between. It hasn't developed much further. To that, what's, what what was done before. So I think it's really on individuals driving this topic, then really to a to a level where we can uh, where we can take out the benefits of that. And especially mm-hmm. now, there is a shortage of uh, of qualified labor in in Canada, but also in aviation. Aviation is not as popular as it was uh, previously. You know, there's some kind of light shaming the environment, everything puts a little bit more pressure on us but still I, we, we, we try to have that and, and, and dual career is really something we have to take into account. And when I say the spouses, it's not only women it's uh, sometimes very often mixed up. we think spouses are women there was a spouse. He was uh, uh, the husband of a, of, a, of a representative of Australia. He was uh, extremely uh, helpful in that and also gave the other perspective not only it's not a women club. And we have to be mm-hmm. careful. This gender topic, but also this uh, this spouse topic is not a woman club. It's uh, it's something which needs same sex uh, couples, uh, you know, all kinds. Of there are so many different forms nowadays and there are so many potentials in it in different forms. We we, we just have to open the box and take benefit of it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a huge, wide, diverse, varied box, isn't it? What I love about the way that you're talking about that is how you you're looking at it, and you've been looking at it on an organizational level, but also labour market. So actually, the country has got a lot to gain if the countries or the the locality can start to tap into it as well. And that's probably where the real change comes from. If an organisation is keen for change, but also the environment outside mm-hmm. is, you know, because you can't do anything unless you've got the work permits. If the jobs aren't, are being advertised and can be yeah. filled by somebody that's coming from abroad with different qualifications and what have you. Verena, um, I know that you've been doing a lot, getting in contact with everybody that's doing this type of work. Everywhere think, <laughs> haven't you? Ar- around the around the globe, so i'm wondering if what your hopes are for the future, and then my final question will be around just a piece of advice that you've got from other couples that are listening, but maybe if we can start with what do you hope to see in this arena of dual career international careers as we go forward
1: I mean I think I already see just talking with you today that's so far more than I hoped for. Like 10 years ago, it was a term nobody was even aware of. I didn't even know. I had no idea. And finally, there's a label. People talk about it. There's the awareness. And my hope now is really just to bring it on this next level and have these policies. And that was also the main uh, or the the key thing was to really bring it as a, a given i c c policy, whatever's the name of it, but it has to be implemented in every h r department, and it has to be addressed and My hope is that when when in this environment you're looking for candidates have have the partner have the family in the loop, include them in an assessment, include them they have to be there from day one because it's it's for me it's the factor which makes or breaks an assignment. And it has to be addressed in a professional way and manner. Mm-hmm.
0: And you gave that example of your um, colleague who had decided they had to—they didn't have another option other than to quit because it wasn't going to work with with the family, which is a huge cost to everybody involved. Yeah, mm. yeah, really.
2: Kate, ma'am, uh, a couple of things I—I I wanted to say. I mean, most of the positive things we have addressed. Mm. Two things I, I really want to address. So. One is uh, we talk about going abroad. We never spoke about coming back home.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: for me, that was the most difficult part. So after the first four years being assigned here, or close to five years being assigned here in Montreal, I returned back beginning of 2014. This was the most difficult part of the whole assignment. Mm-hmm. So the world has changed. Back home, I have changed. And we haven't changed the same way, obviously. So the understanding, the acceptance when you come back and uh, the expectations also from my side, the expectations uh, from the organization were different. That was the reason I quit my job and I uh, moved uh, uh, to to Paris and took over the role of Secretary General of Europe, which is a standard developing organization in Paris. In this role, I was more or less the CEO and then Secretary General I also hired expatriates,
0: mm-hmm. and it was
2: mainly expatriates. Very, I would say only 20% were locals. The rest were all expatriates. And based on the experience we made, Verena always did this interview then, and I offered them saying, you know what? You are a perfect fit for our post, but what about your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will take care I say, I, I offer you, my wife is dealing with this dual career topic, Have a chat with your wife together. I'm staying out and you take it as you wish or not. And that has really changed the world of of the hiring process. So we had people came back and said they never had that before. And and their uh, uh, their decision-making process uh, was influenced by that. And they really, the topics were, were addressed before that. That made some people moving in with, with a better preparation, but also some people saying, okay, we have to wait. It's not the right time now uh, to go abroad with my partner at the moment or go abroad with the whole family. So that was one thing. Mm. So Really, those are the main things. Address it with your family. It's You're not going. An assignment is not on your own when you go abroad. There is always your family affected. The family left behind. That was one, one, one thing for me also. My kids stayed back home. Mm-hmm. That's also an effect when you are not there anymore, and they can't pass by as as they did before. That's also something you have to address. But the most difficult part, I really have to say, is uh, was coming back home, and uh, that's for sure something uh, we have to prepare. One day we want to go back home to Vienna. It's still our our main home, our headquarters, and uh, uh, we have to prepare that and, and making sure that that's a possibility. The opportunity we got uh, through this assignment, we got the keys to the global uh, workplace. Mm -hmm. We are there, but obviously the door behind me closed a little bit. So it's difficult to reopen this door and and going back in this room where I came from, you know. Mm The children's room, you grow up, you're leaving the house, the world is open to you, but your children's room, you know, your, your separate room is closed in the meantime. And mm. that's something you have to experience and, and then you have to prepare how to get back here.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I've seen a few sort of posts about that recently. If, if we think about dual careers, international careers, if we think about repatriation and there being topics that are part of the ex- expatriation international experience, they're both ones are that there's just less research done about it. There's less support there. I think there's, I might be going a little bit too general on this, but a lot of assumptions made about people will just manage.
2: Yes. You know, yeah.
0: that it's their individual thing. The company will, well, in some cases, like I hear from your experience, it wasn't the case. But in some cases, the company will get you there and they'll support you while you're in on assignment. And going back, you're left to fend for yourself. Or if you've got two people with a career, you know, that's your business. You deal mm-hmm. with it.
2: But also on the private side. Don't don't underestimate, you know. Also the social side, the private side. Your friends have changed. I mean, don't forget they those people who never been abroad don't understand what you
1: why you leave in the first place. Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: That that's a typical thing in Austria when you come back. Ah, might be nice in Montreal, but Vienna is nicer, huh? Can you, yeah. can, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Everything is good, but but uh, I always think. People are missing something if you are not abroad. I mean, this experience is so big, but that others understand what you are bringing back and that you have now a different mindset in 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 digesting this international world is is something which is underestimated. So sometimes we talk to our friends and they're just looking, which planet is he coming from? I yeah. No, no clue. <laughs> yeah,
0: lost Absolutely. in space. Lost in space. Yeah. But as we think you're home we,
1: from. Oh, sorry. No, oh, no, you go. You go. Just the sorry. repatriation for me, it was differently because I, I couldn't wait to get home to start my work again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, there we had kind of really a very different reality. Coming back home because I was just glad to get back on the professional track and figure it out. And he wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we, we managed, but I think that, that that's anyway to, to be continued the uh, repatriation within the yes. career couples, because yes. depending on your that's experience. Sure. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, again, I mean, it all boils down to have a plan, communicate very early. I mean, basically, already sh- you should already have a plan of what's happening after the assignment because you know it's a limited time and be in constant contact and and um, talk with your organization.
2: Be prepared on both sides. to engage yourself. Yeah. Not everything is served on not the-
1: No, they're waiting for you to yeah. present ideas. Yeah, So, so you, you have to stay in contact. You also have to involve, and it's not just about you. You always have to say listen that's happening on my partner's side it will affect my situation that's a scenario which would could work so I underestimated this I thought somebody also might have an idea or but but it's something that they very often don't want to touch because it's still on your private side mm-hmm. so yes, but we should take away this shyness in, in such a context your private life becomes so, yeah, it's it's so connected with with the professional life. Yeah. So there is a, the duty of care. It's way more extended for the signing organization. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to address it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you need to do it in a way that meets legislations in either of the countries that you're operating from, yeah. which will be different depending on where you're coming yeah. from. It's been so lovely to speak to you both. One thing that I just want to capture from what you've um, said there that I've been giving some thought about around repatriation is when you land back, how do you keep yourself still in flow? So, Verena, your example there of I was coming back and I was thinking, how do I get back into this career? And I'm excited about that. And Christian, you're one where you're going back and you somehow have to fit, but you've grown it's kind of different when we've done our secondary patches, so we went to the states and came back, went home, went to dubai, came back and we moved to a different place completely different place in Scotland that we've never we haven't even visited it before and actually that it, i it's been a a new assignment for me for both mm. of us it's just been a completely different way, so we have felt in flow even though we moved back as it were so I think there's something around that and repatriation to think about as you say as early as you possibly can how do you mm. keep moving forward
2: yeah the first time we experienced the problem the second time it was different the second time is uh when i came back uh, from paris there was a, a little gap in between where i was in vienna and then i actually had my next assignment already so having your next assignment Knowing what you do next helped a lot mm. in closing uh, the chapter before. Mm. So that, that's really good. The, the first time, I really have to say that was the biggest hole I, I thought because I, I, for me, I really concentrated on the job here when I was here the first time. I really wanted to make it not even perfect, super, super perfect. So I didn't concentrate on my on my return at all. I thought, okay, if you do your job here, there will be opportunities, and there might be opportunities you you, you can you can take. But that wasn't really the case. It was that that this part I
1: underestimated. I think if I may step in here, it it was um, expectation management gone wrong because the reasoning why you got chosen was you're bringing you're going there you're gaining knowledge and you bring it back in once you come back home so for you, it was pretty much clear yes. that when you come home they're appreciating because that's why they chose you in the first place to mm-hmm. go there to come back and and bring it back the knowledge with you, but then nothing of this unfolded. things changed right, right. and and you didn't have a plan b right. and then was this big big hole and gap so Um, I think and that's the biggest lesson learned now, to stay in the flow. It's already start very early to plan for the next one and making sure it's a fit. So we both appreciate an international environment. We still will be in such an environment due to our jobs within air and space, which is by itself very international. And for sure, try also when we're in Vienna, to be, be in a position that we're still working internationally mm-hmm. and
2: um... yes we want to go home but I think it must be a meaningful job and that's the most important thing so it's a, uh, there's a bit of priority uh, to go back home because of children and family and whatever mm-hmm. and after 13, 14, 15 years at the end, 16 years abroad um, could be a good opportunity to go back but not on on huh? for all costs. So really, it needs to be, and, and, and I realized that to have a meaningful job, uh, uh, that's one of the most uh, important topics for me in my career, in my next step. It doesn't need yeah. to be a higher job or whatever, you know, the steps, uh, but it must be something meaningful. And you I always say there must be a reason to get my ass out of the bed in the morning. Yeah, it's yeah. the most important thing for me, and yeah. I have seen that. So, and and if you are happy in your job, I mean, half of your life is done; the rest is done for so 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 easily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's reminded me of my earlier days when I worked in HR and hearing people returning. So, in in this particular case, the person had been working abroad as an expat for quite a long time had become expat because they were high potential. So this person had gone away, wealth of experience. But actually the organisation back home hadn't really had them in the planning. The succession planning wasn't working the way it should have Mm. done. So when their time came to come home, there was no role and they were made redundant. Mm. So the heartache of that family who'd given everything and the organisation lost huge experience and actually, you know, I think it might have ended up in the court so reputationally it was bad as well so it's not just I think personally you have to take care of it and have the conversations and how do we make this move back meaningful but also organizations have to be thinking like are we actually thinking about what's happening when are people due to rotate back in and how are we managing that within our workforce so everybody has to be invested in making it right.
2: It's a human resource which comes back with a yeah. different uh, expertise, with a different experience. And I think that needs to be managed in the human yeah. resource management profile. Yeah. And that's uh, that's um, there's an opportunity, but I can very well understand the case you just mentioned that perfectly fits in, in, this, in this bigger picture. But that's the reason it's so important to unfold this potential we are having here. And sometimes we are not using this potential of people going abroad and coming back. Yeah. Very often you see in your own organizations, they have, they have advertisements, uh, post descriptions, they are looking for international uh,
0: experience.
2: experience. But you're not looking in, in your own, you know, where you can get that. You always look for, look for the outside. So sometimes you have low-hanging fruits, yeah, but you absolutely. want to get higher to get the apple.
1: But what, what, what I don't understand, you're investing not only your resource, you're really investing a lot of money. I mean, I say, we cost quite some money. So why don't you use it? You invested in us. That's mm-hmm. what I don't get as an organization. Yeah, Why wouldn't you use it? So there must be um, really a strategy in place. And um, that that's the core point, I would say.
0: It's been so wonderful to speak to you both. Thank you for taking the time out this morning to speak with me and to share your experience and your thoughts on how this um, really should be managed as we go forward thanks Kate thanks Kate thank you so much I loved hearing Christian Verena's story and so many varied changes in their careers and how they've been managing those careers and just really exciting to hear the role that they're now taking and trying to change how things are done within their own organisations and the places where they are assigned as well It struck me that I learn so much whenever I speak to an international career couple about the needs and some of the reasonably simple things, the simple conversations that would help to manage these careers so that everybody can gain from the the, the vast experience and knowledge and expertise that is being um, garnered through people working abroad and bringing it back to the home country as well. And I wonder how much time HR departments are spending talking to their people to find out what they really need and how can how can they do things better for them so I suppose that's a little bit of a call and the reason why we're doing this work now to try and speak more about dual careers and international dual careers you can find Verena and Christian on LinkedIn the links are in the show notes but it's Verena Heingartner and Christian Schleifer I'd also like to highlight some of the work that Verena has been doing. Her focus lies in networking and advocating for new HR policies so that untapped potential of dual career couples can be really fully met. It's her passion to support expats during their transition phases and she's already successfully set up a non-profit organisation for expats in Canada and Austria. You can find out more about her work at www.xipat.at and I'd encourage you to take a look at the website. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about me and the work that I do, you can visit my website at www.kategallowaycoaching.com, and you can follow me on socials as well.